What's up guys, welcome to another episode, hope you're doing great. In this one, I want to talk about how I would invest one ETH in NFTs if I had no NFTs today, uh, but I had the knowledge that I've accumulated in the past year or so. So everything I say here is my opinion based on what I understand on my area of competence, right? Maybe for you, this might not make a lot of sense, or maybe for some other people, you know, they, they might say that the return is better on other areas. Uh, so of course, this is just my opinion, but I, I want to talk about this because, you know, we, you know, when, when someone enters the NFT space, they see these NFTs going for insane prices. Some start at five ETH, they can go as high as 50 or 100 ETH. And we're talking about five figures, multiple six figures for these NFTs. And uh, when people talk about what are good NFTs, right? They say some names like Bored Yacht Club, CryptoPunks, uh, Fidenzas, Doodles, or Cool Cats. And when people go and check the prices, they're like freaking 10 ETH, right? To start. So they are like, hey, but I'm not going to go and, and invest 30, 40K in one single JPEG if I'm starting out. And of course, uh, that makes sense, right? I actually believe that people should start uh, gradually and then work their way up. Uh, so the question is, if you have one ETH, how do you actually deploy that? So uh, what I don't want to do here is just tell you, hey, deploy it in this collection. Uh, and, and I very, very rarely tell people to go buy something. Actually, I, I actually never do it, right? At least so far, I, I haven't publicly said, hey, go get into this right now. I, I use uh, collections as examples so people can use them as points of reference to then go, go look for similar things. I think that's definitely the best approach. Uh, so what I want to do here is I want to tell you the different uh, aspects that I would consider when um, thinking about deploying one ETH in NFTs. And then I'm going to give you one example, right? I'm not telling you to go buy this right now because maybe you're listening to this one year after I recorded it and it's extremely pumped and I don't know the price action in that point. So I'm just going to use one collection as an example so people can take a look at the points and then go look for other ones. Okay. So just, and also keep in mind that I, I own uh, quite a bit of that collection. So the first thing that I would take a look at when deploying one is, is historical significance. For me, this is one aspect that is uh, very, very important. Um, I am taking a look at historical NFTs NFTs that were in a way the first of their kind or an NFT that was old enough or looks like a collector's item. And I, I, I'm looking at those collections because I understand that people, uh, that human behavior, or human nature is to want to collect old artifacts that have a story. And if you take a look at uh, human history, and uh, there's this really good book called uh, uh, Sapiens, right? I don't remember the name of the guy that wrote it. It was, it's pretty complicated, but um, I think it was something uh, Juval or no, I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I would be lying if I told you the name, but uh, Sapiens is a great, great book. It's, it basically talk, talks about the history uh, of humans and how they were evolving over time. And one of the most, important aspects in human history is stories, stories being told 
over generations, over generations. And if you think about it, that's, for example, the Bible, that's how it works. You know, it's a story has been told over generations, generations. And if you could buy the original version of the Bible, I think it would be worth quite a bit, right? Because it's the, it's the original one that started the whole story. And if you understand, and, and, and that's one thing, right? There's thousands of examples, even a, a freaking dinosaur bone. You, you buy a dinosaur bone, What's the historical significance of that? It's just a bone, right? But it's not about the bone. It's not about the material. It's not about the shape. It's about the story. Like when you hold this thing in your hand, you're like, oh my God, like this thing was alive like millions of years ago. This is absolutely mind blowing. So it's the story that's being told or being passed from generation to generation. And if you can find that story in an NFT that was created back then, 2017 or before, 2016, 2015, 2014, people don't buy it because of the art, people don't buy it because of the utility, because of the team and the innovation. It doesn't matter, right? Those variables literally doesn't matter, don't matter in, in these NFTs. The only thing that matters in these NFTs is their story, right? Uh, it's a story that you can tell other people about it, basically. So the reason point one is historical significance is because um, Instead of deploying one ETH in a new collection, which is which is fine, right? You buy, you buy a new collection, it could go up and it can turn out to be the next Board Ape Yacht Club or the next Doodles and uh, it's more unlikely, right? Uh, but I, I, I like to stick to my area of competence. Uh, again, like I like to stick to things that I clearly understand and maybe I could get a, a, a 30X right? Or a 40X in a new collection if, if I hit it, right? If I hit the jackpot. But uh, for me, uh, a 10X is pretty certain. And this historical NFT is a 20X, right? Because I really understand them. So I like to stay, stay in that area. So historical significance, make sure the collection has some type of powerful historical story. And the story is what will allow the NFT to stay alive and to stand the test of time, right? If there is no story, people don't tell the story over and over again. So that's why I like to look at NFTs that are historical and that have some deep story that people want to tell their friends. Just imagine if you're in a Starbucks or in a bar and you were just showing your NFT to your friend and why did you buy that stuff? It's weird, it's, it's ugly. Like how, why did you pay one ETH for that thing? Well, man, this is the first example, play to earn NFT, well, man, this is the first art NFT. Well, man, this is the first castle in the blockchain. Like I'm just throwing examples, but you can actually tell a story and that's valuable for people. If there is no story, it's like, yeah, it's just a pixelated, uh, you know, pixelated cat or something. Well, actually moon cats are pretty historical <laughs> anyways. Okay. Second thing that I like to take a look at is established value. So established value is basically uh, that people can agree this NFT is valuable already, right? Not so valuable that it's extremely expensive, but a little bit valuable so that you're not being the first one to buy in. So like something that I like to think about is not being the first one or not being the last one. And if you're not the first one, you're let's say the 10th or the 100th, it might still be very undervalued, but there has been established value by people that bought it previously, right? So I would look for something that has some type of established value, not so established that is considered a grail or is in the grail category and is worth 50th, 100th, 
but that that it's it's fairly valuable. I mean, in general, people want to hold it because they believe that this thing will be become valuable in the next years. Uh, that the collective agrees that there's some type of established value already. The third one is distribution. Look for a collection that has a good distribution between its holders, meaning that not one single person owns a huge amount of NFTs. And uh, this is good because if 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 there's good distribution, it means that no one person can go and dump all their NFTs and uh, you know lower the price. So if you have 100 NFTs and there's um, 95 different owners, it means there's a good distribution because there's not like one single whale that owns 40 of those NFTs and that owns 40% of the collection that can just literally go and drop the price. Now the fourth one is actually the price. Well, this one is pretty obvious. Uh, look for a collection that's within your budget of one ETH in this example. And um, and yeah, that's it. I mean, like I tell people, if you're just buying your first NFT, then go slowly, go gradually, get something that's, you know, not hundreds of thousands of dollars if it's your first one, if you're just starting understanding this thing. Um, and it doesn't mean that the more expensive ones might be a bad pick. In fact, the more expensive ones usually are a lot more stable and uh, for me are way lower risk, right? Uh, so if I buy something that's 20 ETH, uh, I buy it probably because I know it has so much established value and significance that big people are, big collectors are getting in and therefore this thing, the upside, it's it's massive, right? Because of the established value. So sometimes buying at higher prices is less risky, and and usually that's the case for me. I I don't I'm not the first one, right? I'm almost never the first one. But um, yeah, I I like to think buy things that already have some type of value. So price, that's it. Hype and pump. Okay. So just because a collection is within your budget, it doesn't mean that it was not recently pumped, right? So for example. It can, something can go from 0.1 ETH to 1 ETH. And yeah, it's at 1 ETH, it's still within your budget, but it recently came out of a 10X pump. And if it does a 10X in one day, right, then it might go and correct and, and go down. It's just how it goes in NFT land. So just because something is within your budget, it doesn't mean that it was recently pumped. And I like to avoid the pumps. I. Uh, and especially now that I have a little bit more experience compared to when I started, I don't like to buy the pumps. If something goes up like crazy, I don't buy it. I buy it when it crashes or when it crashes and gets boring. Okay, because when you the money is made when you buy, not when you sell. So if you buy something at 1 ETH and it went to 15, then you made your money because you bought it at 1 ETH, right? So buy when it's low, sell when it's high. When it's high, hold it if you believe it's going to go higher. Okay, so that's basically it. Um, the next one is who are the holders? Who are holding these NFTs? Some NFTs are more affordable, let's say 1 ETH or even 0.5 ETH or 0.2 ETH, but big collectors might be accumulating. And what you want to do is you want to check out their wallets in OpenSea and you want to make your research and you want to look at the activity of the collection and take a look at which people are buying a bunch of this at the same time and go and look at their collections, track them out and see if maybe they're big names, right? Big collectors and 
see if smart smart money is coming in now another one that i like to see is listing percentage how many of the total supply of nfts are listed for sale so if there are 10,000 nfts and 4,000 are listed for sale or 5,000 are listed for sale then it means that most of the collection is being sold like that there's not a lot of you know long-term holders or strong hands and also this might mean that there's a lot of uh flippers like a lot of people are trying to flip the nft for a quick profit uh which means that you know that uh the floor might be very volatile okay so i like to look for nfts that have a you know low percentage of listings okay now let's make a recap historical significance established value distribution price hype and pump don't buy at the pump buy when it's low or when it's boring the holders who are the holders how many are they are they buying and then how many are listed for sale there might be other other ones that i miss here uh, i just told you here the ones that i'm thinking about uh, but certainly these are ones these are some of the most important ones and that's why i <laughs> remember them but let's talk about an example really quickly what is an example again i'm not telling you to buy this this might be at a horrible price you might lose money if you buy this whenever you are uh whenever you are listening to this so i'm just gonna say this as an example because for me it, it it checks many of the boxes okay so and, and also it's not uh very expensive right now so that example is my curio cards my curio cards is the first art nft project on ethereum what i like about this project is number one it's fairly accessible by the time recording this is 0, 0.0 uh sorry 0.5 eth uh the all-time high on the floor was over 2 eth like 2.5 eth so when you're buying low and you're buying when it's boring like right now there's a lot of upside and there's and you minimize your downside because you're buying so low okay that's definitely one thing that i mean that's so important that's so important in any collection just buy it when it's low and that's why people let's say lose money on nfts is they buy because they see all the hype in an nft and usually the hype is there because it's already high and it's pumped and everyone's making money and then you go chase it you go you go chase the pump instead of having the pump chase you have the pump chase you not go chase the pump that's how you lose money okay when you get all emotional you chase the pump boom then it goes down and you get and you and you and you stay there holding the bag for everyone okay so um in my curio cards basically i start accumulating when it crashed like 80 percent 85 percent right so i think the upside is huge from this point by the time I'm recording this video uh, it's the first art nft project so historical significance is there it has an amazing story of the artists coming together and creating this collection and selling their art in the beginning they didn't sell anything they it was a fail complete fail right and years later like after four years their nfts you know are selling and, and they've made really good money right from the royalties and it was agreed to have a one percent royalty for the artists so it's an amazing story it's the first art nft project uh art is what started the whole nft movement um at least this is in ethereum right first art nft project in ethereum there's other ones that were created uh on other let's say chains before ethereum but it's extremely significant for history in ethereum uh which i believe is going to be the the biggest blockchain um at least at this point 
Now, established value, it's been auctioned on Christie's, right? Uh, an auction house like this one is not going to be auctioning something that's crap. Distribution is, is pretty good. It's getting there. It's not the best, but because there's some pretty big whales, but it's being improved every single month that goes by. And that's something I really, really like. The price, um, it's within one ETH. Hype pump, as I told you, this might be pump when you're watching, uh, listening to this, uh, or it might be at a great price. Just check out the graphs in my Curo cards. It's very, very um, clear if you're buying a pump or at a, at a dump because you, you have the activity for each card and for the whole collection. Who are the holders? Um, in this case, we have people like Gary V holding tons and tons of cards. We have many, many OG collections and NFT archaeologists holding and um, listing percentage fairly low, maybe not the best in the world, but it's it's pretty uh, pretty low. Let's say it's it's acceptable. That's one example. Use it as a point of reference for the points that we mentioned in this episode. I'm not telling you to buy this like at all. Right. Go. If you buy this is because you want you made your own research. That's what smart people do in this industry. They make their own research. They connect the dots. They come to their own conclusions. That's how people make money. And people that don't do that, they end up losing their money and getting all emotional. OK, so that's basically it. Just wanted to share um, kind of like uh, my thought process. If you enjoyed this one, you want to learn more, go to CryptoLunch.com. We have a lot of great information there in the blog section, in uh, well, the podcast, the podcast also in Spotify. So follow the podcast. And if you want to learn more in detail with actual videos, screen sharing, definitely register to the bootcamp. You're going to find it super helpful. So that's basically it. I hope you enjoyed this one and I'll see you soon.